Hey there, welcome back and thanks for tuning in to episode 4 of the week. You're listening to the podcast Philosophy Speaks. Alright, so today we will be discussing chapter 4 of Ben Dupre's book 50 Things You Really Need to Know, Ethics, which is focused on moral realism. So, in our last episode, we discussed what the meaning behind what is right and wrong, and how this main principle question is often what is asked when dealing with ethics and morals. Now, moral realism does not exactly uh, entail to one's own morals, but rather if such morals, as well as ethical values, are things that actually, objectively, exist independently of us. As Ben Dupre states, the world is an external reality that exists independently of us, and at any one time, there is, in principle, a, a unique description of how things stand in the world. And a true statement about the world is one that corresponds with that description. It is the task of science, in particular, to uh, discover what is out there. Uh, and to filter out the distortions of the human perspective in order to give an accurate and objective count of the way things are. Now, the world may look different from different many different points of views, but in reality, it remains relatively the same. You know, our perspectives change, but it, as in the world, does not. Now, this is a great introduction to understanding moral realism. Dupre explains that the essential feature to realism is with objectivity, as in, it assumes that things really exist, that they do so independently of us, and that claims made about them may be true or false. However, when properties such as descriptions, i.e. color or sounds, are introduced into the picture, difficulties begin to emerge. Such as, when you look at a banana, yeah, it is yellow. Unobserved, we may suppose that it is still yellow. Or maybe taking into account a, a falling tree in the forest, unheard by humans, does it really make a noise? Now, the oddity Dupre states is in thinking that such properties exist independently of human beings is quite obvious. As in yes, even if a tree that fell in the forest was not heard by a human being or a living animal, it, it still made a noise. It becomes more difficult when we start talking about values, aesthetics, as well as ethics. Dupre illustrates this peculiarity as the furniture of the universe. A moral realist's claim is that the ethical values are objective, moral facts, entities that are in some sense part of the furniture of the universe, or properties that are woven into this fabric. So in a sense, such properties and their status are essentially akin to that of physical objects of science. The main distinguishing feature of these entities is that they carry some kind of practical and perspective force, i.e. they are action-guiding. Now, Dupre gives the example that in order to understand why cruelty is wrong is to recognize a compulsion not to act cruelly. There were many philosophers who, in particular, were uncompromising of moral realists. An example would be that of Plato. Plato constructed this metaphysical furniture, i.e. the world of forms, where a realm of perfect, unchanging universal entities exist outside of time and place, and that by somehow imitating the form of, for example, justice, just things will be just. By imitating the form of good, you know, good things will be good. 
In all, Plato believed it was impossible to know the good without actually doing good in the first place. Well, how can moral realists explain how humans can gain this sort of access to objective moral facts? Well, Dupre illustrates this through intuition and the naturalistic fallacy. Dupre explains that Plato believed that philosophical reflection would lead the soul to recollect the knowledge of the forms that it has acquired prior to being born into this physical world. However, Plato's account does little to provide an answer to such difficulty with gaining this type of access. Various and numerous accounts of moral realists have suggested that people already have this innate moral sense, a kind of intuition that allows them to grasp objective moral facts directly. Modern pioneers of ethical intuitionism include the English philosopher G.E. Moore, uh, Moore uh, is best remembered for his discussion on the naturalistic fallacy, which Dupre includes in this chapter. And Moore argued that many, many before him had made the mistake of trying to reduce moral properties to natural ones. So, for example, early utilitarians, you know, tried to define good as whatever promotes happiness. However, Moore states that such a move is to cause a fallacy as the question that would follow would be, but is whatever promotes happiness itself good? Now, this question, in other words, would analyze the idea of goodness in terms of some other property, which Moore believed would be bound to fail. Now, trying to explain the idea of goodness through some other party at as Dupre states, is as fruitless as trying to describe yellowness to a blind person. Yes, we can explain yellowness to a person that can see only by pointing to something and saying, this is yellow. But with the case of goodness, Dupre states that we can only point to something and say this is good. Therefore, the ideas of goodness and other moral properties cannot be defined or analyzed or identified with anything else. They can only be grasped by intuition, which Dupre defines as our innate ability to apprehend that certain things are self-evidently valuable. In all, moral realism asserts that there are moral facts and moral values in the objective reality in our universe and that these are all objective and independent from our perception and our beliefs, which is actually believed to be as certain in their own ways as absolute mathematical facts. Thank you for tuning in to the Philosophy Speaks podcast. Um, and like I said, if you guys have any topic suggestions, feel free to send it my way, and I'll be more than happy to cover it. Uh, for now, thank you so much, and happy thinking. Happy thinking.